Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, Why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We have a great show in store for you. Man, every Monday, every single Monday, it feels like it's just been too long. Like, way too long. But we do have a lot to get into. Brian Thomas Jr., the four-star wide receiver out of Walker, will make his decision tomorrow on where he will play college football. Will it be LSU? Will it be Texas A&M? It looks like we will get that answer tomorrow around 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Also, LSU was all over the field yesterday for the Super Bowl. We will break down some of the LSU guys and what my thoughts were on the Super Bowl. Our good friend, Mr. Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. Yes, that Ben Mintz. Mr. Mitz himself, I'm sorry, I'm hearing my son scream in the other room, but Barstool Ben Mitz is going to be joining the show. I want to break down with him what happened, what he saw during the game. I think that'd be really fun, and I love always hearing Ben Mintz break things down. Always a good friend of the show. Let's get to a couple of these comments. Gino Vegas says, what's up, Blake? Paul Brown says, most boring Super Bowl ever, question mark? At least it was in my lifetime. Up. Uh, the Denver-Seattle one where Denver got absolutely blown out. You remember that? That one was very, very one-sided. Money Mance is going to be joining us in just a second. Carl Dunn says he ran more than the Chiefs yesterday. Yeah, he did. Patrick Mahomes, or the streaker you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes literally ran for 500 yards around the field. Now, what's not going to show up on the stat sheet but that man ran for 474 yards in, in, while scrambling. It's absolutely insane. All right, everybody joining the show, we greatly appreciate it. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share into some groups. We will greatly appreciate 
that, my man. Stephen Miller says, Blake, be a man. Yeah, I'm not wearing a bra. I'm not pulling my pants down on this show today. It's not going to happen. The streaker was hilarious last night. And what a fantastic call by Kevin Harlan. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, guys, before we get started, we got to get to our good over to our good friends over at GM Varnado and Sons. GM Varno and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire repair, tire repairs, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And tell them Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you on by. And for my good friend, Mr. Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, give them a call today for the best lawn service and landscape service in the greater Baton Rouge area. Call them today at 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. If you want the greatest yard in your neighborhood, you damn well better deserve it. Call Richie Roche today and tell him Blake Rafino at AYS sent you by. Okay, it was the LSU Invitational yesterday. Now, I put out a tweet this morning that I thought was just, just crazy enough in and of itself of what the LSU players did in the Super Bowl. You had you, There was a time there, and you guys remember it, when early in the second quarter, or early in the second half, rather, where Clyde Edwards-Alaire breaks off a, a long run and Devin White is tracking him down. Literally tracks Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And this isn't a knock on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Hell, Clyde had nine carries for 64 yards. They should have given them the ball more, in my opinion. But Devin White, Tyron Matthew, Leonard Fournette, everybody's just all over the field. Darrell Williams saw some playing time, had a crucial miscatch which a lot of people are going to remember him by by that miscatch in the Super Bowl but you're asking a running back to do a lot when Patrick Mahomes is scrambling around and I want to make this very well known uh, or at least my opinion at least my opinion I think it's time that we stop saying that Tom Brady's not the GOAT that's in and of itself. I, I'm kind of tired of making that assumption and having to defend Tom Brady where it's undefe- It's not even, we shouldn't be even having this discussion if Tom Brady is the GOAT, right? That's just my opinion. Might be right, might be wrong. But LSU players in and of itself had one hell of a game. Devin White, in my opinion, should have won. The Super Bowl MVP. Now, I understand that Tom Brady played very well, had three touchdowns, two to Gronk, one to uh, Antonio Brown, the two guys that he brought over to Tampa Bay, and I get that. But let's look at the stats for the LSU Tigers in that game yesterday. 27 carries, 155 yards, 5.74 yards per carry, eight catches. How about this? Eight catches, 79 yards, and LSU did not have one wide receiver on the field yesterday in the Super Bowl. On defense, it was led by Devin White with 15 tackles, two tackles for loss, and interception. And then Tyron Matthew, which we will remember what happened with him and Tom Brady, which which is very interesting that Tyron Matthew had to come out and somewhat defend himself and say, you don't know what he said on the field. 
Yeah, we're not getting to Jeff in the borough. That's not happening. Sorry, Jeff in the borough. This is an LSU show. We do not talk about Kentucky during an LSU show. Just not going to happen. Stephen Miller says, A++ rating from me, from GM, Varno, and Sons. Yeah, man, they're the best. Like, literally, they're the best. Richie Roche, who we just mentioned, says, Goat Brady. I'm not even much of a Brady fan, but dudes, it's impressive. 43 years old, what unreal. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's insane. I think we can also stop making the is it Brady or Belichick comparison, right? Like, that that's pretty much over. Like, we don't have to make this Tom Brady, Bill Belichick assumption anymore. Now, I will, I'll say this, and this is an LSU show, so I will probably take some heat on this, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there. Bill Belichick had Tom Brady for all those years in six Super Bowls. Nick Saban's never had that, a guy for over 20 years of their career. He's always cycling people out. So think about that as you will. Paul Brown says, yeah, but last night was so bad. Watching the Chiefs do absolutely nothing was bad, but they won 12-50 on a pull, so that's a plus. Yeah, I mean, last night's Super Bowl was not as bad as that Denver-Seattle Super Bowl a couple years ago. Remember when Seattle just absolutely stomped Denver? Just like kicked Peyton Manning's teeth in? I mean, look, you're still in the third quarter, And the Chiefs, I mean, look, the Chiefs have been down a lot and have come back. But at the end of the day, at the very, very end of the day, uh, with a broken toe, and and the horizontal throw, that's shit that I used to do when I'm like on a, 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 uh, what do you call it, a trampoline. And Patrick Mahomes is out there doing it in the NFL. Daryl Williams has got to make that catch, but we'll see. Derek on Facebook Live says, serious questions. How better do the Bucks get with an actual offseason this year? Not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, they have nearly $40 million in cap space. So they can only get they can even get better, which is even scarier. Even scarier, man. Hunter Daigle says, ask Blake. Uh, the LSU basketball game got canceled due to COVID is a blessing. Hopefully the time off will get them refocused. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> Derek says, also, Blake, Brady is the GOAT. It's not even close. I agree with you. I am not. I am not going to ever dispute that. Um, Getting back to some of the LSU stuff that we saw last night. Everybody joining us before we get to that. Everybody joining us. Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports will be joining us about uh, two two to five minutes. So be ready for that. I love me some Barstool Mincy, man. Always a great guy. Always a great time. Uh. I'm not, I'm, I, I was not really shocked that Brady won the MVP. I mean, come on. A quarterback winning the MVP. But it's very... And I asked this question today on Twitter. Name me a better linebacker in the NFL that's better than Devin White. Now, I should have said inside linebacker because some people were talking about TJ... Uh, T, or, or, yeah, TJ Watt, Bobby Wagner. But, man... What can Bobby Wagner do that Devin White can't? Because the truth is, Devin White's about the same amount of size. Honestly, he's a little bit faster, can cover, can tackle well, and is sideline to sideline. Quite honestly, he's unstoppable. 
we are watching before our eyes probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Guys, you have, if he continue, if Devin White continues to do what he's doing, there's no question in my mind that, that kid's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Man, he puts another eight to nine years, even 10 years of worth of what he's doing. You better, might as well start sizing that man up for a gold jacket. Now, I don't want to speak too quickly here, but Devin White, to me, was more impactful than anybody on the field yesterday. Now, you can't say, well, Blake, the quarterback is the most impactful position in all of football, and I understand that, but I definitely would have given it to Devin White. And maybe you would have, maybe I'm a little biased there, but whatever. Jacob Gold says, Honey Badger, Tom Brady beef, question mark, side eye. Yeah, and, and Tyron Matthew came out today and said, uh, you have no idea what that man said to me. We were drawing both back and forth. And if you remember, um, they didn't show this, but I found this on Twitter. When uh, Tyron Matthew was pointing in Brady's uh, face, before, like maybe 10 seconds before that, Brady goes up to Matthew and like headbutts him and gets all in his grill. But they don't show that about Tom Brady, right? Like, of course they didn't. But I found that on Twitter. Richie Roche says, yes, Brady is the GOAT. Ridiculous, man. I agree. Uh, Nicholas on YouTube says, Devin White is already playing like a Hall of Famer. If he continues to put seasons together like he's doing, he is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Paul Brown brings up an interesting point here. He says, Saints cannot whatsoever think Winston is the answer. Dude leaves your division rival and they win a Super Bowl. Let me stop right there. That's more Tom Brady than anything. Like, you're trying, and, and Paul, I get what you're saying, but to compare not just Jameis Winston, not, not even Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, but everybody. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP and he couldn't do nothing against that Tampa Bay defense. That was a very good, well team, and you got to give it to them. You got to give it to look. The front four for Tampa Bay was nasty. You have Shaq, uh, Shaq Barrett. You have JPP, Devin White, Levante David. That front seven is probably the nastiest in all uh, of the NFL. Okay, a couple more questions, and we're going to get over to our good friend, Mister Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. Uh, Paul Brown says Ty Bowles. Need to get a head coaching job ASAP. Yeah, he. it's like the Kevin Durant thing, right? He's the real MVP. Like, Mama, you the real MVP. You got to give it to him. All right, last one. James Washington says, ask Blake, who gets Patrick Peterson now? It wouldn't surprise me if that man goes to the Chiefs or Tampa. Look, again, Tampa has nearly $40 million in cap space. Something uh, I, I want to ask Ben Mintz. I wonder if Mintz has something for us there about Patrick Peterson, a potential place he might go. Okay, before we get to Mr. Ben Mintz, we got to get over to my good friend, Mr. John Patton from Area Home Lending. Guys, if you think about buying a new home, saving money on that mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Get over to my good friend, Mr. John Patton from Area Home Lending today and tell him Blake Rafino sent you. He will send his team out for a free appraisal. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. And tell them Blake Rafino at AYS sent you by. And for the number one team on the North Shore, the number one real estate team in the North Shore, go to team.kw.com. That's team.kw.com. Meet with one of their great real estate agents today by giving them a call at 985-467-7355. That's 985-467-7355. 
You know who sent them. All right, we have our good friend, Mr. Ben Mintz, on the line with us. Mincy, what's happening, my brother? Oh, man, doing good. Just free, well, honestly, freezing my ass off <laughs> up here in New York. Uh, you know, day after the post-Super Bowl hangover, you know, I feel, I feel like I was on the wrong end of it taking the Chiefs. I feel like it's that Monday where everybody I owe money to in the world hit me up by noon. <laughs> uh, you know, right. one of those days, uh, snowing, so I don't know, man. I'm doing all right, though, just uh, getting used to post-football season here. But I'm actually currently – like the native New Yorker I am, I'm watching the New York Islanders, New York Rangers right now. I love it. <laughs> ben, I was going to ask you an interesting question because I saw your picture, this, I think it was this morning or yesterday, and how much snow was in New York. How crazy is it that a Super Bowl was played there and no snow was there? As cold and as crazy as it is right now. Yeah, it's, uh, if it was snowing like that, it would be a wild Super Bowl. It's I'm getting used to this Northeast winter. It's a new thing for me, for sure. You know, as a Louisiana-Mississippi guy, I can't say that I've seen this much snow. I've been to Colorado a few times, but uh, it would have been nuts if the Super Bowl was in it, that's for sure. I mean, it's uh, it, it's crazy how much – it doesn't stop here, to be honest. Absolutely. Ben Mintz from Boston Sports is our guest. If you have a question for Mincy, hit us with the hashtag AskMintz, and we'll get them over to him. Mitch, let's start. Let's start here. What was your biggest takeaway from last night? It to me, it's the front seven for Tampa Bay. Uh, but for you, what was the biggest takeaway uh, of that game last night? Oh, it's, it's exactly it's that front seven, and you know I feel like kind of an idiot. Like I, I always support Mahomes. I don't think that's any news to people that follow me that I'm uh, one of his biggest fans, especially with our voice dynamic. Um, but man. <laughs> I don't, it, it shows you it don't matter who, who's playing quarterback when your O-line gets destroyed like that. Now, I was a little worried about the Eric Fisher stuff, him not playing going in. But, man, it turned out when they have – when you look at Sue and Vita Vea and Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett and then the Devin White-Levante David combo, that's just a ferocious front seven. And it's kryptonite to, you know, any quarterback, no matter how good and talented you are. Really like Tampa Bay's game plan. Tyree Kill at 13 catches, 266 in that first game. They just said, we're not letting you beat us. And they left. They let Kelsey have some underneath stuff. None of the other Chiefs receivers really made any plays. And, man, uh, that was no fluke. Tampa dominated. And then on the LSU front, Louisiana front, uh, I, I know Devin White being a North Louisiana guy. And his uh, his lifelong friend was my title sponsor, Kyle Robinson, when I did Shreveport Bossier Radio for a few years. And I'm just happy for Devin White, man. He kind of got some trouble at the end of his high school career. Uh, and, you know, L- obviously got to LSU, made a brilliant move listening to Dave Aranda when he said, <laughs> hey, you want to play linebacker for me. Right. Not running back. If you want to make it big in the NFL. Ends up a top five pick, one of the most beloved LSU linebackers and players. And then his second year, you know, I felt like last year he was kind of saying he was mad he wasn't on that LSU National Championship 2019 <laughs> team. He said it like – I actually heard through Kyle – that after White's junior, he didn't want to leave Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. He loved LSU, but they were just like, "Look, dude, you're top five pick." Yeah, it doesn't get any better. Right, and he's a you know, he's from Spring Hill, rural North Louisiana, small town. He was really comfortable in Baton Rouge, and you know he he ends up being a top five pick, and now he's a Super Bowl champ and a captain of that team. And honestly, if he'd have gotten that interception that he got at the end of the game earlier, he had a case for the MVP with eleven tackles and a pick and. You know, I'm happy for him, and I'm also happy for Leonard Fournette. I mean, you look at, you know, he kind of had a star-crossed career. Things He had the good year in Jacksonville when they made the playoff run, but he got into it with Tom Coughlin, you know, fell out of favor in the organization. He lands in Tampa. He was running like sophomore year, uh, 2015 <laughs> Leonard Fournette. That's right. Last 
seems like he's got that explosiveness back that they've kind of been lacking. Let's start with Devin Wright right quick, Mincy. Uh, it's hard for me, and I understand that I'm biased here, but you watch a lot of NFL. Is he not one, if not the best linebacker in the NFL right now? I get Bobby Wagner, TJ Watt. Is he not making himself that that guy? Like, is he already there, or does he have a couple more things in his game that you think uh, he needs to perfect before he can get there? Oh, I think he's right there. I mean, you look at you're you're talking about a guy that you know is what two fifty and won the hundred meter hurdles in high school in three A at that size. Freak athlete, runs sideline to sideline. Underrated blitz in the quarterback. Does a great job in sacks. He can cover. He can do everything. And uh, you know, you look at the Bucks playoff run. He didn't play in that Redskins game because he was out for COVID, and that was the one game their defense struggled. <laughs> you know, like they right. struggled more with Taylor Heineke than they did with Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, he uh, just so impressed by him, and he's still very, very young. But uh, I'm just – like I said, I'm just thrilled for him as a person and seeing what he's made of his career. It's great to see. We have a question on Facebook Live from Devin Stop. He says – Patrick Willis or D. White in their prime? Now, I know that you're an Ole Miss guy. This is going to be tough for you. Where are you leaning? Well, man, D. White's still got to do it for a little longer. It's good <laughs> right. after two years. P. Willie was an all-pro for 11 years before he hung it up at 30. And so I'm still saying Patrick Willis based on the longevity. But if Devin White keeps playing like he did last night, he can get there. Mintz, let's move over to Fournette, another guy that you talked about. I don't know if it's fresh legs. I don't know what it is. But now that it seems that he has a competent quarterback, you know, when he was at LSU, he had Brandon Harris, then Gardner Minshew, you know, Blake Bortles. Now are we starting to see the Fournette that everyone expected to? And do you think that it was just that simple for Fournette and now we see playoff Lenny just going off? Well, I think you you hit the nail on the head that he was rested in the playoffs this year because in Jacksonville, man, they used to run him into the ground. He's a three-down back. He'd catch passes. They didn't have a passing game. You know, he'd start off the years pretty good for four or five weeks, and you'd see him kind of plod down a little bit. Also thought he gained a little weight during his Jacksonville tenure. You know, he I feel like he's lost 10 or 15 pounds and looks a little more explosive now mm. uh, like, like he used to. But, you know, you know, life's funny, though, man. A change of scenery, I mean, it's been good for my life. I can tell you that. And I think, you know, him getting on Tampa, he appreciates it after being in an organization that was struggling, you know, getting to play with Tom Brady. And you look at all the talent. Freaking Leonard Fournette, Gronk, Antonio Brown, Godwin, Evans. I mean, they got so many guys. And, you know, getting to play with Tom Brady's leadership, it's kind of a rejuvenation, second chance for him in his career. And, you know, he's making the most of it. He looked incredible in that football game last night and played well in all the playoffs, the playoff winning. It's the new playoff rondo of uh, the NFL. Mitch, the the Buccaneers, and I'm rounding up here, have roughly $40 million that they can go out and spend. The Saints – Get some very big news. I know you're a big Saints fan that Drew Brees reconstructs his contract and it looks like he's out of the door. Let's flip over to 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 the Saints a little bit. Drew Brees, are we expecting that to happen soon on the retirement front? And where do you think that they go at quarterback moving forward? Well, I did see that news about the salary cap restructuring it to where it's going to hurt him over the course of two years instead of one. I do think he's gone. I think they might draft one and bring Winston back and have Taysom Hill and just roll with that this year in a transition year. People mentioned Mac Jones to the Saints, which would be very interesting, I think, because I was obviously impressed with how he played uh, this year. But I, I kind of think you bring Jameis back for like eight or ten million, and you know it's a little bit of transition year. I still have a little. I know it's hard to 
you know, after you look at what Tampa did going from Winston to Brady, I know that's a case against Jameis, but I kind of believe in Jameis' second chance a little more than most, too. He got LASIK surgery. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's gotten married. He's like, you know, getting to play sit behind Breeze and Peyton for a year, I think it would be good for him. Now, I don't know if he could be a superstar, but you're talking about a Saints team that's 8-1 and one, and Drew Breeze is out the last two years with uh, Taysom and, Bridge, and, and Bridgewater playing. So, you know, you look at the Saints, you got so many guys in their prime, especially on the defensive line. And Kamara and Mike Thomas hopefully will have a bounce back year after dealing with so many injuries this year. I mean, I think people that are acting like the Saints are going to have to suddenly rebuild or out of their minds. I still think this is a team that's going to win 9, 10, 11 games and compete for that division even without Drew next year. I agree with that. And look, Ben, I mean, let's just call it what it is, is that they've won 9 of 10 games without Drew over the last two years. So I think yep. that that roster is very well constructed and that they can do that. All right, I got to ask you this, man. So I oh, got to. Yeah, yeah, far away, man. Okay. Jose Canseco took that fall, right? Like, oh, I, I mean, I'm not. Look, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, bro, either this dude just got rocked or he's faking it. Man, what? what for through, through your eyes, what did you think when you saw that? Oh, he definitely took a dive. I mean, there is <laughs> oh, any doubt about it. And I think it's funny just working for Barstool. I mean, even when weird stuff happens, it's just such a funny story. I mean, Jose Canseco has been feuding with Barstool for a while because Big Cat's tied in with A-Rod, and A-Rod and Jose hate each other. And what a hilarious gag where Jose goes and takes a fall and makes like a million dollars off of Barstool. I mean, it's one of the brilliant long cons. I mean, I didn't love it being a Barstool employee. When you take a step back, it's pretty damn funny. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first rough and rowdy. I enjoyed watching it. But it, it just the whole thing. I mean, the people did feel a little cheated by Jose doing that, and then they kind of had some trouble with the live betting app yesterday on the stream. It was a, it was a, a very eventful weekend for Barstool as always, though. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's crazy to me. It never gets boring here. It's, I it's I bet not. And look, I'm not trying to put you in a tough spot, but a lot of people seeing what Jose Canseco did took to Twitter and said, "Look, if that man's going to do that, how much legitimacy do we believe in him?" when he talks about guys in baseball with st- the steroid use, do you think, and I know this might be a long shot, maybe a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but do you think what that man just did Saturday is something that people look back on and kind of question his credibility a little bit, Mintz? Oh, for sure, but that's kind of the point that makes it almost funny. Right. He owns washes in Vegas now getting by, and he hustles Barstool for a million dollars. I mean, hell yeah, you're going to question his ethics, but when you sit back and look at it, I mean, it's kind of brilliant, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I hated it on the bar spool side of it, but it was it's just funny seeing stories pop up all over the internet about Jose Canseco taking a dive and rough and rowdy. And uh, the Barstool Sportsbook app did, voided all Canseco bets and paid I out saw Philly that. bets. Hey, that that just goes to show like the character of what Portnoy and them are doing. That was I thought that was genius. Uh, man, it's getting to a couple of questions. Stephen Miller says, "Ask Mitzi, what's the best pizza place that you've eaten in New York?" I'd say John's on Bleecker Street. So far, the best. It's man, this this pizza thing. So when I get up here, our office because of Dave Portnoy and the pizza reviews, all the best pizza places in the world just drop off pizza all the time. I had to get to a point where I made a bet at the beginning of the year that I'm not allowed to even eat pizza in the office oh. because it was just so easy. It's like the best in the – we have the best pizza and bagels you can imagine, just free all the time. And so I was gaining a little weight and had to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, the pizza, it's incredible here. The food scene in New York is kind of blowing me away, uh, the ethnic the food and the variety of options. 
I mean, you know, you're never going to have better, you know, the Cajun food in South Louisiana and seafood or, you know, nothing like that is up here. But as far as like overall variety and options, it's hard to beat New York. Ben, Mince, last question. We'll get you out of here. I can't let you leave without an Ole Miss question, okay? Oh, yeah, go ahead. All right. I don't know if it's just me, but looking at Lane Kiffin and the recruiting side of things and what he pulled off last season, do you, as a fan, do you feel the tide turning? Maybe a little bit like Hugh Freeze in recruiting. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But do you feel a tide turning in Oxford with what he's doing in recruiting and how the team performed last season? Oh, the tide's one million percent turned. You look at a year ago when they hired Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss was completely irrelevant on a national scale. The Matt Luke era, I mean, you would have thought it was COVID during that season because so few people were going to the games. And Kiffin's made the program relevant nationally again, and just the brand is hot again. And you mentioned the recruiting, pulling the top, I believe finished 18th, got a transfer from Maryland today who averaged 11 tackles a game. Now, the arrow's pointing way up for Ole Miss and Oxford, and Look, y'all, everybody knows I come on Baton Rouge Radio. I work for Guarantee and ESPN Baton Rouge. I'm a realistic Ole Miss fan. I never come in there <laughs> saying, oh, the Rebels are about to win national titles. All I want to be as an Ole Miss fan is to win eight or nine games, win the Egg Bowl, and be wild and entertaining. And we have found the perfect coach for that. Fits a part great. Absolutely. We do have one uh, question from a fan that I can't pull the comment up. He says, do you know what the prop bet was for a streaker in the fourth quarter? Did you? Was I, there I a line on that? Thing line. I don't know that I believe some of the posts online. Um, <laughs> I don't I, either. Uh, yeah, because there's no way they're going to allow people to bet that big on it. But no, I, I don't know. But Kevin Harlan's play-by-play was phenomenal. Yeah, I that's how we started the show was with Kevin Harlan's play-by-play. Uh, that was, I awesome. mean, that, might, that was the highlight of the second half of the whole Super Bowl. To be Absolutely. Real. It was fantastic. Also, one other thing I want to comment on, Honey, what would you think of the Honey Badger thing, getting that interception taken and him and Brady talking smack? I feel like it was I feel, it was unfortunate for the Badger. I felt like he, he kind of was unlucky on that. Mitch, I'm going to be a little honest with you. If you're going to throw it, if you're going to throw the flags, throw them all game, don't just yeah, do it at, at certain points, right? I mean, the holding call was, in my opinion, absolutely trash if you're going to allow mike oh. evans to push off and then the guy's falling back i mean at some point you can't call that and that started the uh and matthew kind of has talked about it a little bit that kind of started the whole jarring when matthew said i got you tom and then it kind of started going back and forth but even the tripping mints along the left part of the sideline when he's falling down and he accidentally hits his foot and they throw the flag i thought it was oh. horrendous play calling last night no and i look take look let's not kid ourselves the referees didn't play O-line for KC in that game. They True. weren't going to win. However, that did not help it. Is how I put well, it. I mean, Mitch, if you go down 17 to 17 to 6, it's much bigger than that 21-6 hole. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but you're right. They, I still don't think that they win. Mitch, you've been fantastic. You're always welcome on RU Series Sports. Tell all the yeah, great people sure. where they can find you and the after-dinner Mints. Yeah, at Barstool Mincy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I, I – I, We'll still be coming around in the future. We'll be around Louisiana, Mississippi still a lot uh, with the Penn Gaming owning LaBerge and Baton Rouge especially. So always look forward to uh, appreciate support I get from Baton Rouge. It's been phenomenal. And uh, thanks for having me on. I'd like to look forward to coming on in the future. Appreciate no problem at all. And I absolutely have you on. And next time we'll talk a little bit more gambling when there's more live stuff going on. But, Mintz, thank you so much for being a rock star. Yeah, th thanks again for having me. I'll take it easy. All right. That is Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. All right, guys, we're going to take a little bit of a – not a break. We're going to get to a, a, a sponsor, then we're going to get back to your comments. Everybody joining us, do us a favor by hitting the like and share, and we will get underway with that. But you know what? One guy that I always trust, everything Are You Serious Sports, 
Ernie Drake over at the Drake Law Firm. Personal injury, criminal defense, real estate, and succession. There's absolutely nothing that they can't do for you. All you got to do is go see them today over at... <laughs> I'm sorry, my son. I could hear my son. 154 West Pine Street, Ponchatoula, Louisiana. That's 154 West Pine Street, Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Or give them a call at 386-7600. That's 985-386-7600. And tell them Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Uh, David Pelt says, did you hear about the streaker guy? No, what are you talking about? I'm not, what what part are you talking about? Because I didn't, I didn't hear that part. Uh, Stephen Miller says, my man, Money Mintz. Yeah, dude, Mintz is always fantastic. I love how he... He always keeps Louisiana people and Louisiana guys in his heart. Uh, you know, he brought up an interesting point that I didn't talk about in the opening. In the opening about Tyron Matthew and the penalties, I thought the penalties were egregious, y'all. Like, of all people for the penalties to go for against Tom Brady, I just feel like I'm not saying the NFL is rigged and I don't believe that the NFL is rigged, but sometimes it just feels like that man gets all the favorable calls. Always. And there's just no stopping that. None whatsoever. Uh, 374K, Devin Stobbs says. Devin, I saw you mention that a couple times. What you talking about? I missed that. Uh, Charlie Viator says, do you think LSU gets Brian Thomas tomorrow? Charlie, let me tell you how what I feel about uh, this Brian Thomas situation. I, I w- do I want to say LSU? Yes. I mean, look, this is an LSU show. We talk LSU. Um so I want to say yes. At the same time, <clears throat> this has been more one of the more goofier, uh, stranger recruiting processes. So if he picks A&M tomorrow, Texas A&M tomorrow, I, it's not going to shock me in the slightest. Not one bit. If he, if he rolls out tomorrow and says Texas A&M. I, and like I've been saying this for a while, I feel that Brian Thomas has a lot of people, maybe some people that think that they're in his corner but aren't really. And you know what? If you're Ed Orgeron, and this is going to be a topic that we talk about tonight, if you're Ed Orgeron, this is what I'd say to him. Brian, did you watch the Super Bowl last night? I know that your ultimate goal is to get to the NFL, get to the Super Bowl, get to the playoffs. Did you not see what LSU did last night? And let's flip that one even better. Did you not see Alan Fanica? Get the knock to go into the Hall of Fame. Although he, this guy was not an LSU guy, did you not just notice New Orleans' own Peyton Manning being a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's all I would say to him. And then I would ask him, hey, now, how did A&M do? LSU has a 20-year uh, uh, tutelage of greatness. If it's all about what people are going to give you, Sometimes you have to be a little bit realistic on what it is. So I would not be surprised whatsoever if Brian Thomas chose um, if Brian Thomas chose Texas A and M. Uh, Barrett, oh, it's country, a country. What's up, country? Pont Parrot Granger on um, YouTube say, "Hey, oh boy, penalties were garbage in the first half for sure." Country horrendous. Horrendous. That holding penalty against uh, against the Chiefs, 
you know, the, you want to. Everybody talks to me about momentum, and and you guys know that I believe in it, but I don't think it. It's always the biggest. I, I believe in a lot of momentum, but if the if Tampa Bay kicks a field goal versus them scoring a touchdown, that's a big. That's a big deal. Tyron Matthews should have had the interception. If you're gonna throw it, throw it all game. Don't pick and choose. And I know I don't know. Always bet on yourself. Absolutely always bet on yourself. And look, I was very happy um, for Alan Fanica. Devin Stop said that on Facebook Live. Everybody listening to the podcast. Um, Alan Fanica, after five times getting that knock, that has to be devastating not getting that knock. And he's in a hell of a class. Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, just to name the guys that are on top. Peyton Manning and, and, and Charles Woodson. Being guys that, you know, were uh, going up against the Heisman and Charles Woodson would win it over Peyton Manning. Randy Moss being a Hall of Famer last year. He's in one hell of a class. One hell of a class. Uh, David Pelt said, during the Super Bowl last night, apparently he bet 550K on a plus 750 that there'd be a streaker during the Super Bowl this year, paid 1K to get out of jail and he made 374k on the bet. What? No way. Hey, that are are we joking right now? I did not know that. Holy shit. <laughs> hey man, for 374k, I would go bare ass nude. Y'all wouldn't want to see it, but I'd run buck ass nude. Across of uh, in the Super Bowl to make 374k. I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> Give me a thumbs up in the comment section if you wouldn't run buck ass nude to make 374k. Because it's not like they're gonna show you on TV. <laughs> Damn man, I didn't I didn't see that. Uh, Marvin Mackey Jr. says his dad is pimping him, talking about Brian Thomas. Uh, I mean, look, if anybody's a parent, you want the best for your child. I want the best for my son. We sent him to an expensive-ass daycare. Uh, great daycare, by the way. But, you know, I want the best for my son. I get it. But some of the stuff that we're hearing, I mean, come on, man. Come on. I mean, that, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Devin Stobbs says, really looking to forward to Fanica's speech. I am too. I am too. And one of the greatest stories of all time. And look, I, I'm a former offensive lineman. I grew up when Alan Fanica was playing at LSU. When, against uh, Florida, when Florida was number one in 1997, and Kevin Falk says, hey, Ke or they asked Kevin Falk after the game, hey, when you scored that long touchdown, what were you thinking? He said, I'm just following Fanica. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, an absolute legend. Uh, Bear Granger, country, says, Ask Blake, do you think Calvin should have made it so fast with the small amount of years that he played? Yes, because here's the reason. Nobody had more catches. Nobody had more yards. Nobody had more touchdowns than Calvin Johnson in the years that he played. Kind of reminds me of the Barry Sanders scenario. 
I, I'm not going to say I was shocked that he was a first ballot, but I think, in my personal opinion, I think that Calvin Johnson was the most athletic and best all-around wide receiver that in the years that he played. He was always, to me, he felt like the best receiver. Always just a freak of nature. Uh, Darren on Facebook Live says, Ask Blake, do you think that Justin Jefferson got snubbed for the rookie of, Offensive Rookie of the Year? I do. Um, but there's also parts of me that thinks that Justin Abair or Justin Abair, Justin Herbert, I mean, he did break the um, all-time rookie touchdown record. And again, kind of like, like we talked in the beginning of the show, is a quarterback-driven league. And even though we think that Devin White should have won the Super Bowl MVP, they're going to give it to the quarterback. But I would have given it to Jay Jets. I think that breaking two records is better than breaking one. And I think that he, I th- at times, just feel like he was more impactful, it feels like. But, again, they're going to give it to the quarterback. No questions asked. Even though that quarterback lost a lot of games. Travis says, I saw a story about it a little while ago. His friend went first to to cause a diversion. Oh, to cause a diversion. So he can make it out there. How awesome. I don't know if I have a friend that would do that for me. But I know for 374K, I'd run buck-ass nude. You best believe that right now. Yeah, I see all the... Everybody's saying that they would run out there for being buck-ass nude. You're damn right I would. Ain't no question about that. Uh, Stephen Miller says, I seriously doubt that happened. That said guy bet that 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 guy bet that and then streaked. I doubt he collected anything and the vet bet was voided. Yeah, that's what Mintz was saying too. Um, that's what Mintz says too. Also, Stephen Miller on Facebook Live says, as Blake, does Andrew Whitworth make the Hall of Fame? You know, Stephen, I think that he does and it's not going to take him as long as Alan Fanica or nor it shouldn't. Nor shouldn't. And I think that Alan Fanica was out of the spotlight. Nobody was ever talking about him. At least people were talking about Kevin Mawai. Hey, Kevin Mawai is going in uh, Indianapolis. Kevin Mawai is going to Arizona State. He was out of the spotlight a little bit uh, with Andrew Whitworth being in the spotlight, as he will when he when he retires and he's going into television. I think that he will. more than Absolutely. Absolutely. And Miller says that she'd do it. I do it too. There ain't no question about that. <laughs> Devin Stop, this is a true story. He says Detroit still owes Megatron money. Yeah, they do. Hell yeah, they do. Mm. Uh Lamar Williams says Calvin absolutely should not have been a first ballot. <sighs> okay, let's say that you let me ask you this question. Then should Barry Sanders. Then should Barry Sanders. If you think that Barry Sanders should not have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, then there's no way that you can say Calvin Johnson shouldn't. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. Let's see. I'm going to have to pull up Calvin Johnson's stats. Let me see. Hold on. Give me a second. Johnson stats. All right. Let's look at this very quickly. 731 uh, receptions, 11,619 yards, 83 touchdowns in 135 games. Bro, that is ridiculous. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So of nine years, he had seven years of over a thousand yards, touchdowns, one, two, and look, almost had a two thousand yard year. And 2012 had 204 catches, 122 catches, almost 2,000 yards. And he was unguardable. But that's my opinion. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, surprise me. Stephen Miller says, Devin Saab, was it the triple option when he was at Georgia Tech that Paul Johnson got there when he left? Yeah, it wasn't the triple option. Calvin Johnson wasn't in that Paul Johnson uh, triple option. Who y'all are thinking about is, oh, who was that receiver that played with um, Peyton Manning? I can't remember, but no, he didn't play for Paul Johnson. I used to wreck shop with Georgia Tech uh, with Calvin Johnson. I used to send him on verticals, slants, and hitches, and I'd throw it to him every single play. Michael Bazile, our financial advisor. Let me see. Where is it? There it is. Y'all can call him at 504-343-1576. 504-343-1576. Tell him Blake Rafino sent you by. Uh, he says, Jay Jets broke 20-year-old records versus Bear breaking a five-year-old record. Very suspect. Yeah. I mean, and look, he breaks Randy Moss's record of all people, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Um, Marvin Mackey says, would be out there three inches and all nude. I don't blame you. I don't blame him. Um, Marvin Mackey says he got it before Tory Holt. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I can see what you're saying. Mm, I just think Cal... I mean, we can look at these stats too, but I just think Calvin Johnson was incredible. And the question is... is I guess really the question is, would he have played longer if he weren't in Detroit? I mean, we'll never know. All right, let's get to this last one, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, Barrett says, I thought he should have made it, but wasn't sure about first ballot, but I'm okay with it if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on there too. I'm kind of with you there too. All right, guys, we will be back tomorrow. Don't forget to hit the like and share, share into some groups. Also, don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all of our platforms. We will be back tomorrow, You, all you great RU Steerans. My name is Blake Rafino. Peace out. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.